thank you, ladies. We appreciate that special and uh, great message in that song. Take your Bibles, if you would, and let's open the Word of God to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we're there once again as we're looking at the topic of missions, getting ready for our missions conference coming up next week. Not, not starting next Sunday, but the, 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 week, the week of next Sunday. We'll start Wednesday and go through the following Sunday night. And so we're close now, really close. Thinking about what, what missions is and all that it does, we want to look into this chapter again and get some direction from the Lord tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and we're just going to read a couple of verses. Verse 1 and verse 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So if you found your place, let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. We'll have prayer, and then we'll look at verse 1 together. So let's pray together. Father, how we look to you tonight, Lord, for this, uh, for guidance and direction as we consider our part in missions for this coming year. Lord, as we are just on the threshold of this conference, this 29th annual conference, and we just ask, Lord, that you would Lead us and guide us, that you would direct us by your Holy Spirit. Help us to know uh, what you'd have us give in this matter of faith promise as we do our part in missions. Lord, not only here at home to spread the word of God and share the gospel, but in this part of helping others get to other places in the regions beyond us and around the world. And so as we partner with these missionaries, Lord, may we do it by faith, making you an integral part of all that we do, in our, in our missions program. And Lord, we give you also the glory and the honor that goes with it. We thank you for allowing us to have a part in your plan in this world. And we ask you to lead us and guide us. Lord, speak to our hearts from your word tonight and begin already to show us what you'd have us do in this matter of missions. In Christ's name we pray, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. And I just want you to think about that expression, the grace of God that's bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Now, if you would, look down at verse 7. And Paul writes, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, See that ye abound in this grace also. A very important challenge from the Apostle Paul to these dear saints at Corinth. As he writes to them on the topic that I want to speak tonight about grace giving. And so if I were putting this as a title, you're taking notes. Grace giving, forward slash, you could also say grace living. Because grace is real. And it's, it's at work in our everyday lives. Grace giving, grace living. Let's talk about this matter of grace. Thank you. You may be seated. Notice what Paul says. He says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. This is really a powerful thought. We, we read this rather quickly when we come to chapter 8 because we want to talk about faith, promise, giving and, and what's going into that, and, and we will in a moment. But first, I want you to see that Paul is highlighting something that these folks have. There's something about these churches that he wants them to know. And look, 
It's the grace of God. And so in verse 7, it's so amazing to, to Paul as he looks at them, as he looks at these churches, the first thing he sees evident in their lives is the grace of God. And he writes to the church at Corinth and says, See that ye abound in this grace also. Hey, it's not just them that need the grace of God, but you need the grace of God. We need the grace of God. Isn't that right? I've always thought in a practical way, you know, we understand what grace is, right? Uh, God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is unmerited favor of God, right? It's, it's God who does good for us when we deserve no good, right? The grace of God. Isn't it a rich topic? And, and isn't it an abundant subject? It really is. But I've thought in, in times past, what does grace really have to do with our practical everyday lives? So what is grace exactly? Right? It's more than a feeling. It's, it's more than just a, you know, a, something that you can't get your hands on. It's more than just a theological word. What is the grace of God? I looked it up in the dictionary. Paul writes about the grace of God that's bestowed on these churches. He's so impressed with that. The dictionary said grace is the condition of being influenced or favored by God. Let me read that again. Think about it. Grace is the condition of being influenced or favored by God. You know, we use that word so freely and we toss it around almost like it has no real impact or meaning on our daily lives, but it does. And it's because of the grace of God that we have chapter 8 in our Bible. It's because of the grace of God that Paul writes what he does about these churches. He's giving a powerful testimony of what they were able to do because of the grace of God. Have you ever felt short in your own life? Have you ever felt small next to the, talent, the, the task or the calling that God has given you? Uh, maybe the opportunity to witness or to share a word. Have you ever felt incapable or unable? We all have. So how do we get from that to actually doing what God calls us to do? It's the grace of God. The grace of God is what takes us from, from speechless and incapable and scared to death into a powerful witness for the Lord or a, or a consistent, maybe, maybe a, a long-time giver of God in this area of missions. And we talk about any good deed that we might do as a Christian it's the grace of God that enables us to do these things. The condition of being influenced or favored by God. So as we look at this passage, I want us to think about their giving. Because in a week or so, we're going to look at our giving. We're going to take a card like this, the faith promise card. And we're going to actually commit ourselves to this matter of giving to missions for the coming year. That's what faith promise is all about. And so we're going to read the card. The card says, because I believe the gospel needs to be preached to the lost around the world. I promise by faith to give blank. That's where you put in your amount. Above my tithe each week to support the mission effort of my local church. I understand this is a voluntary offering and it's between me and the Lord. We make that promise by faith. There's nowhere to put your name here, right? Then there's a little stub that you can tear off. We, we'll do this during the conference. 
And on the stub, it says, my faith promise offering is. And then there's many choices. And if the amount you've picked and God's laid on your heart, if that's not one of the choices, there's a blank at the bottom that says other. And you can actually write in the, the exact amount that God lays on your heart. So during the conference, we're going to do this. This is an exercise that we're going we're to do with the Lord. Between now and then, we need to be praying because we need to, we need to communicate with God and have God lay on our heart what that amount's going to be. That's why we call it faith promise. Now, it needs to be realistic. It, it needs to be, you know, uh, practical. It needs to be an amount that you have and can give and, you know, can do. I mean, we'd all love to say, hey, I'll give a million dollars, right? Uh, we love the Lord that much. But if you don't have a million dollars, don't know where you're going to get a million dollars, then don't, don't write a million dollars, okay? Let's just write the, the actual amount that we realistically know that God's speaking to us about. Now, if you get the extra million during the year, it's okay. Just lay that in the offering plate. We'll take that, all right? <laughs> I'm sure the missionaries would be very happy about that. One of them might need a building or something by then. But you get what I'm saying. From, from that amount that God lays on your heart, we're going we're gonna to come together as a group and a team, as a church, and we're going to tally all that up. We're going to add it up. And that total then is going to be our budget for the year. And that's how we're going to know how many missionaries we can, we can support. And then we'll be able to determine, can we add one or two? Maybe one of these missionaries that are going to be with us, hey, maybe there'll be a new partner missionary with us. Maybe we'll add them to our missionary family. Maybe we'll start getting their prayer letters and be praying for them and supporting them on the work. We, we might be like this new family. We might be their, their last needed supporting church, you know, where they can purchase their tickets and be headed to the field. Praise God. Faith promise. That's what it's all about. But, you know, it's the grace of God between now and faith promise time that we really need to get a hold of. It's the grace of God that we really need to have all throughout the year so that each week or each month or, or bi-monthly, bi however, however you do it, that God can enable you and help you to be consistent with that. Because you know what? We're going to make a promise by faith and stick to it. And then the missionary is going to, by faith, he's going to make that commitment and he's going to go. And, and we're going to trust God to meet our needs because, you know, once we give. And then they're going to trust God that that's going to be enough once they get over there. Because who knows what's going to happen in a year, right? And we want God to be a part of that. Well, these churches at Macedonia, they all did that. They participated. They prayed about it. They got their amount. They wrote it down, and then they gave. And over time, Paul did a double take. He said, what? He couldn't believe the amount that they gave. He said they gave beyond what they were capable of giving. And it sounds like it probably even went beyond what they promised to give. Wow, it was impressive. It caught Paul's attention so much that he hesitated, not really knowing for sure if he should receive all of that because he knew that they had needs, yet they were giving beyond. He knew that their giving created needs on their end. But they said, no, we want you to receive the gift. We read this whole text last week. 
And in verse 3, he said, For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift. Wow. They had to beg Paul to take it. So how did they do that? Well, Paul said it was the grace of God that was on them. This is the grace that I want to talk about tonight, the grace of God. This grace not only affects our giving, but quite honestly, folks, this grace is what we need every day for Christian living as well. And so I I hope you'll make both applications as we talk about this. So tonight, as we look at the grace of God, this grace that Paul says that we need to abound in also, just as they needed this grace, we need it. I want you to see, first of all, the power of grace in this text, the power of grace on their lives. Look with me at verse 2 and 3. He said, How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. He, He said they were liberal givers. They were very generous, but they were that way while they're in deep poverty. How do those two go together? It doesn't seem possible. And so this is what I want you to see that Paul says, For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. And here's what we need to learn. As we look at the power of grace in the life of this church, we see that grace empowers you to do more than is seemingly possible. Grace empowers you to do more than is seemingly possible. You know, and that's not only true in your giving, but that's true in your living as well. For example, you you may pray about it, and God may give you some amount, and you may go, whoa, Lord, wait a minute, let's talk about this. You want me to give how much? That's a little more than what I was thinking, right? Hey, but if that's the case, I want you to don't be surprised at what God is able to do through you. Don't underestimate the power of God and the power of grace because grace empowers you to give more than what is seemingly possible. It's the power of grace. Grace is empowering. Now, think of anyone and you want to. You can think of any Bible example. Samuel, David, Saul. You can think of the Apostle Paul, any one of the disciples. Samson. These people accomplished great things in their lives for the Lord in their living, did they not? And how could they do that? It was the grace of God. The grace of God was empowering, and it allowed these men, these people, and there are women we could name also, who did more than what we would think would be possible for them in their situation. God does that. His grace does that. You know, that's why you and I, we, we say we're being realists when we, when we undermine the grace of God and we shoot ourselves in the foot and we say, well, we can't do it that way. We can't do that. That's not possible. Oh, really? If God says it is possible, hey, who are we to say it's not possible? Wouldn't the disciples have said that, no, 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 Lord, 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 listen, that, that's not possible. We have a lad here with a little lunch, but look, it's not possible to feed this whole crowd with this. <laughs> well, we already know that, but Jesus was about to implore some grace from God, and he was about to make the impossible possible. 
don't you want to be a part of some of that? You know, sometimes we shortchange ourselves. We say, well, I want to, man, I want to witness to that person, but I, I can't do it. I, I don't know how, I don't know what to say. You know, you're never going to know what to say if you don't try, if you don't practice. And how do you know that your messed up version isn't exactly the version that they need to hear? God might just know that, and maybe that's why he had you cross their path. Because he knew the way you would say it would get their attention. Even if it's the stuttering, stumbling version. You know, sometimes, sometimes we just let our fear get in the way and we, we just let, we, we let our doubt cripple us. And, and sometimes we miss opportunities to do what God wants us to do, not just in our giving, but in our living. Because we lack the grace, the empowering grace of God. I want you to know what is grace. Grace is the stuff that God gives us, that empowers us to rise to the occasion and do and be what he's called us to be. Grace is what makes the difference. It's what made those people in the Bible do exploits and great things for God that you and I are also capable of doing should God call you to do that because he would give you the grace also to do it. You see, grace is the enabling power of God in our lives, and it's at work every day to help us be what God wants us to be, the power of grace. Notice, grace was so powerful that it took these people beyond their power. Hey, you know why a lot of Christians don't see great things from God? I'm going to tell you why. Because they're not willing to go beyond their power. How about you? Are you willing to go beyond what you think you can do? And I'm not just talking about giving, I'm talking about living tonight. And there's a lot of ways we could apply this truth, but grace is powerful and it's empowering in our lives. But not only that, number two, I want you to see in this text I want you to see the presence of grace. We know that, that grace was present with these people in the churches of Macedonia, and Paul's writing about them and their testimony. He's sharing these stories to encourage the Corinthians, obviously because they need this grace. And so in verse 7, he says, Look, you guys need to abound in this grace also. We think it's important to have knowledge and faith and know the word of God. And it is. All of that's important. But Paul said, hey, it's just as important to seek and find the grace of God also. Why? Because the presence of grace is illuminating. The presence of grace is illuminating. And what did it do for these people? Grace, the grace of God enables you to see the real purpose behind what you're doing. Think about this. I want you to look at verse 4 with me. The Bible says, They're praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift. It could stop right there, but it doesn't. Look what it says. And take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. 
Now, I want you to understand that these folks in Macedonia, when they gave, they knew that they were investing in the Lord's work and they knew their gift was going to supply the needs of other believers, these missionaries, if you will. When we give our faith promise, we've got the boats in the back. We've got the pictures on the prayer letter like Brother John came and read tonight. We're going to have real missionaries standing up here and we're going to see their faces. We're going to know that our gift is going to affect what they do, what they can do for the Lord. And you know, the the people of Macedonia said they, they had this understanding. They had the illumination. They could clearly see that when we give we are partnering together with them. We're getting involved in God's work in this world. We are making a difference by what we're doing. Hey, look, how else would we make a difference? If we did nothing, none of this would ever happen. There would be no church in the Midwest about to gain a new pastor. There would be no missionary taking a mission trip, preaching 10 times in in India. It wouldn't be happening if churches like ours didn't give because we understand the purpose behind what's being done. We're sowing into the kingdom of God and we're investing in eternal things and we're reaping the rewards, the souls of men and women that are being reached through the preaching of God's word these people understood that. To them, it was more than just checking boxes. It was more than just going to church. It was not a religious ritual. It was a heartfelt investment in the kingdom of God, and they knew that the results and the rewards were the souls of men and women, boys and girls. Oh, they said, look, we want to get involved in this. They called it the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. Hey, we want to be involved in that. They said, count us in. They said, Paul, you got to take this. Don't you rob us of a blessing. We want to be part of this. And you know, the only way to be a part is to get in. And they did. Boy, did they get in wholeheartedly. Because the presence of grace illuminated their sight and their understanding. So they saw it as more than an offering. They saw it as an investment and they saw it as a, as a partnership in, in with this fellowship of the saints. What a great vision. Getting involved. You know, when you see opportunities, you have a choice. You get involved or you don't. And when you get involved, you're part of the blessing. And when you don't, you're not. You just watch it happen. Or you watch it not happen because enough people didn't get involved. And I'm afraid when we get, when we get to heaven and we're fully illuminated and we look back on our lives and see opportunities like that, oh, we're going to be like the songwriter that said, oh, I wish I had given him more. So much more. More of my life than I e'er gave before. Why? Because when we get to heaven, we're going to see how important those opportunities were. You know, the grace of God illuminated these great saints, and they didn't have to wait till they got to heaven. From here, they could see. They could see clearly the opportunity, the purpose. They, they, they could see what was at stake, and they saw the rewards, and they said, Oh, Paul, 
It says praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift. They said, oh, you got to take this. We, we want to be a part of this. We want to get involved. Hey, you know, that's how I feel when we see missionaries come. As a church family, we should be, we should be looking at each one of them saying, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that church in Macedonia that's going to be established. The first independent Baptist church there. Oh, listen, I want to be a part of that, right? Oh, I want to be a part of the, the establishing of deaf churches in the Dominican Republic. Oh, wow. Hey, I don't know how to talk to the deaf, do you? If they can't read my lips, well, you know, I think that's about it because I don't know any sign language. Think about it. Wouldn't it be good to be a part of that? I, I, and, and, you know, hey, the Marilla's going, going to Africa. Oh, wow. Can you, hey, listen, can you imagine? I, I, I want to be a part of, of uh, them establishing their church in Africa, whether it's a grass hut or whatever it is. It, it's not about the building anyway. It's about the people. It's about the boys and girls that are going to get saved, about the, the men and women that God's going to reach and touch. How exciting that is. I know we can't support every missionary that comes through here, but wouldn't it be nice if we could? You know, we should just have a burden, a desire that says, I want to. These people had that. It was the illumination of the grace of God that allowed them to see what was involved, and their heart responded and said, man, I want to be a part of that. The presence of grace is illuminating, but number three, the product of grace. The product of grace, let me say it like this tonight, is engaging. When grace is present in our lives, we are empowered to do what God wants us to do. When grace is present in our lives, we can see what's behind what God is doing. We see the real purpose that's involved and the rewards. When grace is present, it produces something. It produces engagement on our behalf. You see, grace from God encourages you to do or give whatever it is from the heart. This is probably the best part of all of it. Paul was so stirred at the grace of God. Look what he said in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed. That word bestowed, that, that sounds like a gift. And Paul's looking at the grace of God on these churches as a gift. You've got something special, he said. The grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. What about this grace? Look at verse 5. He said, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. <laughs> Isn't it something? You know, in these people's mind, it really wasn't about, it really wasn't about money. It really wasn't about the offering. It wasn't about the offering plate. It wasn't about their wallet because they saw beyond all that. They said, hey, there's a lot more important stuff at stake than this. It's people, it's souls, it's eternity, right? You can't buy that. How much can you buy a soul for? You want to buy a soul in Africa? You want to buy a soul in Macedonia? How much would you give? You can't put a price on a soul. If you gave all you had, it wouldn't be enough. If the world gave all that it owned, it wouldn't be enough. 
So these people weren't thinking dollar signs. You know what they said? They said, Lord, you can, you can just have me. I'm not going to stand on the plate because I don't want to bend it, but they said, Lord, you can just have me. They gave their heart to the Lord. And hey, once they did that, their wallet was not an issue. Whatever money they had, they recognized this is God's money anyway. He's just letting me use it. I'm just a manager of the resources God gives me during this lifetime. And grace gave them the illumination to see opportunities how they might invest those resources in the kingdom of God. Isn't that awesome? And Paul was impressed not just at their offering because he said, looking at these, at these believers, looking at the grace of God in their lives and how they were empowered, look what he said in verse 5. He said, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us. You know, there's, you can see the grace of God on somebody that just wants to be involved and be a blessing and make an investment. People that just come up and say, hey, what can I do? How can I help? The answer is yes, just tell me what it is. That's so awesome. That's so vivid. It's so vibrant. But that is the grace of God on somebody's heart. That's the grace of God at work in somebody's life. The product of the grace of God is that it is engaging and it causes us to do what we do from the heart because we want to, not because we have to. And hey, I'm going to tell you something. Faith promise is grace giving. What does that mean? It means you don't have to. You don't have to. Nobody, you're not going to put your name on here. Nobody's going to look over your shoulder. No, nobody's going to come and collect this. This is not a have to thing. This is totally a want to thing. And so tonight, we just want to encourage you to, to get a hold of the grace of God and let God give you some want to in this matter of missions so that you can be a part of it. And whatever God's going to accomplish through the lives of these missionaries, and hopefully we can take on some new ones. And if that happens, you'll be a part of that, a partner with them in carrying the gospel to their part of the world where they're going. And that's the good part. The good part is we do it because we want to. We serve God because we have a desire. God, in his grace, gets a hold of us. It engages our heart, our will, you know, once these people gave themselves to the Lord, all of this other stuff was just seemed like small things. They didn't mind helping out. They didn't mind giving. They didn't mind uh, partnering with missionaries, whatever the case might be. Paul said not only did they give their offering, but he said they gave themselves to the Lord and unto us. I don't know what they did to minister to Paul and his group, but he said they gave themselves to us. Wow, isn't that amazing? I've been in the ministry long enough to learn that when people serve God, sometimes I receive a benefit or a blessing from that. Somebody does something kind, and I get to enjoy that, but I know that's not, it's not for me. It's for the Lord. Because ultimately, all of us, we do what we do for God, don't we? We do it because we love Jesus, just like we talked about this morning. 
But because we love Jesus and because we get involved, the grace of God uh, engages our heart and it gives us the want to to do things for the Lord. And as we do, we begin to bless others. We, we begin to bless other church members. We bless our church family. And sometimes the pastor's blessed by that. And guess what? When we take on missions, missionaries are blessed. And it all happens because we became engaged. Our heart kicked in and said, hey, I want to do that. And that's what they were telling Paul, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. And then in verse 7, Paul says, Therefore, hey, you guys at Corinth, you know what? Y'all need this grace too. It's so good. It's part of what God uses to help us be who he wants us to be. The power of grace is empowering. And it helps us to be what God wants us to be, to do what God wants us to do. That's why Paul said, beyond their power, they, they were willing. The presence of grace is illuminating and it allows us to see differently. They saw the opportunities. They saw the, what the results could be so much that they desired to be a part of that. They called it the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. They wanted to be involved. The product of grace is engaging. Because they had the grace of God on them, their hearts were stirred and it gave them that desire. They wanted to. And they found a way to get in. In verse 8, Paul talks about proving the sincerity of your love. He's really talking like, kind of like Brother James did when he said, be doers of the word and not hearers only. The proof is in what we do, right? In Malachi 3, God uses tithing to teach us about himself and about faith. And we see in other places, like I mentioned last week, the widow's offering where Jesus called the disciples over and took note of the woman who gave what we would consider nothing, two, two mites. But Jesus said, hey, fellas, she gave more than they all gave. Why? Because they of their abundance cast in a little bit. But she of her poverty gave all she had. Wow, Jesus was looking at it by proportion not by dollar signs and decimal points. God sees beyond all that. This grace is so amazing because it not only helps us in our giving, it helps us in our Christian living. What is it that God wants you to do? Not just faith promise, but other things. What is it God wants you to do? Hey, grace is the missing ingredient. The reason you look in the mirror and say, I can't do that, Lord, is because... You need his grace to enable you to do what he's called you to do. Well, how do we get the grace of God? By seeking the face of God. We seek God's face. He gives his grace. Some call it the favor of God. The grace of God, I think you could use those two interchangeably. I remember Lester Roloff singing a little song like this. It says, He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He giveth more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. His love has no limit. 
His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. Paul is writing about these churches in Macedonia, the recipients of all that giving. And he said, whoa, look at what's happening there. He said, I want you to know they've got the grace of God on them. Tonight, as we get ready for faith promise and you start praying about what God wants you to do, I'm sharing this passionately as as Paul was sharing it with the Corinthians. What we need tonight is the grace of God. Let's seek his face that we too might have his grace as we look forward to another year in missions. And let's let God enable us to do his will. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Lord tonight, how we love you and how we thank you for the great testimony of the good grace of God and how you're able to work in our lives. Empowering us, Lord, illuminating us, engaging us. That we might do all that we do from the heart. And so, Lord, tonight we ask you to lead us by your spirit, guide us by your word. Lord, show us what you'd have us do. First, in this area of giving for missions as we, as we contemplate our faith promise commitment. But Lord, I know there are other areas in the Christian life. There are other places of service. There are other things that you want us to do as well in the coming year. And so, Lord, we seek your face tonight for this grace also that we too might be empowered to fulfill and to do those things that you have in mind for us. Lord, that we might be illuminated so that we can clearly see the opportunities that you bring our way and that we might be engaged in a way that our heart longs to be involved in those things that you've called us to do. And may we do all that we do from the heart because we love you tonight. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for providing this kind of grace that it might be available to us. Lord, may we choose to, to seek your face and receive your grace so that we don't stand in heaven one day singing like the songwriter said, oh, I wish I had given him more. Help us tonight, this week, this year, to be recipients of that grace, Lord, that we too might be empowered beyond our power to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we ask, amen.